Thank you, Nick. <clears throat> well, some highlights for me this morning already have been, uh, I don't know, what is it, the third song, Glorious, Victorious? I could just sing that one like nonstop. Um, second is the, the iPhone on the announcement slides. Is that cool? Advertisement there. Um, and just to be back with you, just really honored to be able to be back here and so grateful for Eric and for Josh and just filling in these last few weeks as our daughter got married and just some various planning things for us and uh, with where things are going. And I'm thrilled to be able to be back and to be uh, in this slot, if you will, of, of bringing God's word. Today's going to be a bit different. Um, normally here we spend some time uh, opening God's word together, but it's going to be different because uh, I want to set some course things for the year. So uh, it's going to be what? It's going to be different today, okay? That's the theme word. Can you go different? Okay, we're going to be a little bit different today because I want to cover four things for us. So if you've been here for a while, uh, this is kind of like an extended family chat. Every so often we have these little family chats and go over some things that just really help. Hi, you guys. I'm so sorry the new married or old married couple by now. I'm sorry. That was random out of the blue. Um, so we're just uh, going to be covering uh, some things for us with facility then we're going to be uh, covering some things for us with just the sermon series. And uh, I'm going to talk for small groups for a little bit and talk uh, just some target things for a little bit, okay? So what's the word for today? Different. Different. Okay, what am I? Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to try and have the, as much fun as we can doing this together because this is about a, a church family, a faith family together. So first thing is future facility. And you can see on your note page there, we've got some future facility things I want to cover. Big question is, where are we at with future facility? If you're new, we've been in a process for a while. And I just sum it up this way, and I mean this seriously. I really believe we are right where God wants us to be. Now, that isn't quite what I expected us to be in where we're at right now. But let me kind of go through and bring everybody up to date here. It was actually back in December of 2008. We had launched in March of 2008. By December of 2008, we were a church of 300 at that time. And we had a trajectory that was just staggering, frankly. And so we began saying, you know what, if this continues, we've got to start planning and thinking about what's facility down the road for us. So that's what we began doing. We had a team of six of us that began just investigating. We weren't looking, we weren't looking to move, but we just wanted to become aware. So as things came along to that point, we were up to speed. So we did that. Um, in that process, we really were investigating two areas. Now, you can see the circle here in these two areas. These were kind of the two areas. One is along the 465 corridor. The other one there, kind of right in the center of the circle, is in the Avon area. So that'd be like north of Rockville Road, uh, east of Raceway, uh, uh, or west of Raceway, east of uh, Dan Jones type of a thing. And so we've been looking mainly in those two areas over the year and a half. Now, the paradigm of what we were looking at was a facility that would be about 30,000 square feet, maybe 28 or maybe 35, but that was about the size of facility and the paradigm that we were looking at and really would have fit with the trajectory and being able to plan for a church that's going to be growing and, and so forth. So we were looking, we investigated leasing options, and really they're just, uh, especially in the Avon area, there's just no leasing options available for us. Uh, we looked at the uh, approach of land, buy land and build. Uh, basically, that paradigm was looking at 20 acres plus with a 30,000 square foot building. Bottom line, you're talking four and a half million dollars plus. Uh, we're just, that's not us, okay? That's just not us. I, I don't have that, and we don't have that. And it's not just about building it, but it's about maintaining it and keeping it going. Plus, I don't want to become a slave to a debtor in that kind of a fashion. All right, so that's the reality of what's going on there. So with that, uh, land bill just wasn't looking like it was going to be happening. And in the past uh, family chat, I've informed you about that. Also, we had looked at buying an existing facility and building it out. Again, this was in a 28 plus thousand square foot. Long Ice 465 corridor, we actually looked at two facilities along there that could have worked, but just too costly and a number of other things. We looked in the Avon area, just nothing was happening there. 
So I will just tell you by June of 2010, June of this last year, I would kind of put myself in the category of discouraged uh, with what was going on. It had been a year and a half, and uh, really nothing was coming to the table for us. And yet the way God works, God shows up. And in that particular time, God showed up in this manner. It was in June 2010 at a conference that I had the opportunity, Karen and I had the opportunity to talk with two other Harvest pastors, Harvest Phoenix, Harvest Tucson, about an approach that they were doing, uh, a bridge facility approach. Uh, We had then talked uh, at the same time with Kent Shaw. I had a little bit of a conversation with Pastor James as well about the whole concept. And out of it walked away going, I think this is a possibility. In other words, a a framework to where as opposed to going from a school, meeting in a school that a lot of harvest plants are doing or a theater like we're doing into land in a 30,000 square foot building. I'm just telling you, that jump is massive. Okay, and so in that jump, there's a bridge facility where it's actually using about a 15,000 square foot facility that you have with you could do three services on a weekend. Uh, Tucson is actually smaller than 15,000. They're doing over a thousand people on weekend services there. It's all for a process to be able to build some mass to be able to make the jump. That's where we were looking to go. So we came back off of this and a team of us went out to Arizona to look at this and we just bought in. Most of you know about all of that. Uh, The result then, when we came back, we started looking at what are possibilities here. We might be able to do that. And the Christian bookstore uh, right here next door was one that fit, potentially fit that paradigm. 14,000 square foot facility that kind of under the radar was for sale. And so we had put an offer in on that. I had an agreement with that and began the process of doing feasibility work on it. Uh, Looking at floor plans, uh, could it be done? Looking at uh, build-out costs, could it be done? Looking at financing, could it be done? Uh, What ends up happening here over some time is that as opposed to concerns and and, uh, complexities diminishing, they actually increased. Uh, As an example, parking lot. The bookstore has about 95, 96 parking spaces. We need more than that. We need a minimum 150 parking spaces at minimum to be able to handle the in and out. Uh, With that, we had talked with the Regal Theater and the actual owner of this property and this facility. Regal has a long-term lease with an owner of the property. Uh, In talking with them, we began finding out that we could work something out, but part of the problem was is the actual long-term lease is up in 2015. So part of the question is, is in 2015, what's going to happen? Could we get into the facility and all of a sudden not have a parking? And I'm just going to tell you that'd kill us. That would just kill the whole situation. So that's one. The other is, is in the agreement, Regal does these shared parking arrangements with other places, uh, churches and so forth around the country, and they have a common uh, contract with that. And in it, part of the problem is it states that you could get out within 30 days. Now, that means if uh, we do something that upsets them or they have a change in management or something along that line or someone leaves a dirty diaper and they get mad in the parking lot or whatever with that, and in 30 days we could be out of parking space. Uh, that's kind of the complexity that I'm talking about. Adding on to that is secondly is the whole build-out costs. Build-out costs in light of some of the things we would have to do for code and a variety of things were actually turning out to be really right around $200,000 over what we had anticipated. Along with that, we learned as we were doing studies on it that uh, Harvest Phoenix or Harvest Scottsdale, Arizona demographic is different than here. We have more kids. They're in a little bit more settled area, a little bit more older area, not quite as much kids. We actually need about 17,000, 18,000 square feet to be able to make our demographic work in a facility. Now, we could put an extension on the back of the building, but it just adds a whole nother set of complexities that we may never get zoning approval for and a number of other issues. On top of it is this. The project, initially hoping to be about a $1.5 million project, was turning into, was really getting into a $2 million project. And uh, at what point in time do you say, you know what, refixing the transmission just isn't a good idea anymore? At what point in time do you go, you know, let's buy a used house, modify it for our use, and you go, that was way more expensive than we had set out, okay? So presently, we do not have an agreement uh, with uh, basically that opportunity has been set aside at this time. So what are we doing? 
What we are doing is next looking at a new paradigm that God again brought to service in this whole thing. I, I just won't take the time to go into the details, but bottom line is uh, it began to be obvious that a combination of uh, reduced pricing and some unique opportunities with some possible land situations, land could be a, a God thing. Uh, on top of that, building an 18,000-square-foot facility is a phase one as opposed to a 30,000-square-foot facility has massive implications. So the question on the table that we have been investigating for the last month plus and are heavily involved in is this. Can we actually build a facility for $2.5 or under? And um, there's some possibilities that might be doable. God would have to show up. But I don't know if you remember, but the God I remember in the scriptures is alive and well and owns everything. Uh, So I just want for you to know that's kind of where we're going. So I'm going to ask Larry if Larry would come up and pray. Um, We're just going to see what God does, folks. And, um, you know, as last time I looked, if you look on the update and see our mission statement, last time I remember there's nothing about a building in that. Um, so the Great Commission is not about a building, the Great Commission, but buildings do help facilitate ministry. So be praying. Larry, would you lead us? God, we love you, and uh, we're grateful uh, for your love. And frankly, we're uh, pretty blown away by the manifestation of that over the last uh, almost three years now. The way you've blessed our church and uh, given us great opportunities to grow together as people and um, grow spiritually to know you, love you, and obey you more. I pray, Father, that um, you would continue to give us good wisdom and direction as we uh, uh, proceed forward. And uh, just this morning, as I've thought about um, coming before you on behalf of our church family with regard to future facility, God, I've kind of just looked back at Scripture and thought of a couple different places in your word um, One that comes to memory is Caleb from the Old Testament and how he had a big dream for you. And God, I pray that you'll help us to be responsible, but not be afraid to have big dreams for your glory and for your purposes for this church here. And um, a little later on in in the progression of uh, the the, uh, nation of Israel, God, you revealed your your um, temple and uh, the splendor of it and and the. the quality of it. And God, help us not to be ashamed for wanting to have a place where we can um, honor you, not be extravagant and not have pride, but to glorify you in in having a a permanent facility where we can grow and and worship you. And God, in the New Testament, you tell us in Philippians 4 not to be anxious about things. And so I pray that you'd help us not to worry, um, but to do what it says and, and with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, bring a request to you and that you'll um, guard our hearts and minds with the peace of God. And God, help us as we uh, continue to do that. And then in Ephesians 3, it talks about that to, uh, to you who's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what we can ask for or even think about. God, those are the kind of answers we want with regard to where you want us in the future and when and the timing of all of that. God, help us to be um, responsible in um, uh, allowing you to work and not being hasty and not trying to get ahead of you. But at the same time, help us to be um, uh, diligent in pursuing the things that you do put in front of us. And God, mostly we pray that you'll reveal to us exactly what you want and exactly the timing you want. And uh, we know that'll be the perfect thing that you have for us as a church. We love you. We thank you in advance for um, the confidence in being able to ask you for things and know that you hear about them and uh, that you care about them and that you'll answer. And so we give you thanks already in advance for answering this prayer. And it's in the strong name of Christ that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Tell you what, as we shift gears to the next thing, would you just go ahead and stand for a minute? Just stand. And uh, our last sermon series was called what? A radical gift. Now, the word radical, just that word for a moment. I just want for you to say it back to me. 
radical. Okay, now, the fact that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, came to earth to live among us, to die on the cross, to do for me and you what we could not do for ourselves, is what kind of a thing? It is. God could have planned it, the Godhead could have planned it, where the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity, comes down from heaven through the skies on a cloud with the angels singing all around, and this little baby, but it's coming down, and everybody on the planet sees this coming down and lands in a king's palace, and there he is in the palace because he deserves to be living in a palace, but the Godhead decided not to do that. That is a... That's a radical thing. Instead, the Godhead, I mean, can you just imagine that meeting? The Godhead's around and says, listen, we're going to send the Messiah. Uh, Hey, me, me, I'm second person, I'm going, me. So second person of the Trinity going, hey, how should we have you go there? I got an idea. How about a cave barn? How about birth me through a virgin in a cave barn? That's what kind of a thing? That's a radical thing. Listen, uh, just before we sit down, I want to remind us in this last series we talked about that that, that the whole preparation, the presentation, everything, this is radical. Go ahead and grab a seat. I just want to remind us quickly, take about 15 minutes here on this and preparing us for our next series where we're going. Uh, Over centuries of time, the God had decided, as opposed to sending Christ like about six days after Adam and Eve sinned, for some reason, the Godhead decided to wait centuries before the Messiah came. I think out of grace. Because out of that time, the Godhead gives more and more road signs. More and more road signs, prophetic road signs of what this God gift is all about. And in fact, in the Godhead, and it decided, you know what, Let, let's, uh, again, at the meeting, it's like, I know, let's give eight messianic prophecies about the Godhead. Remember when he talked about this? The preparing, the radical preparing of the Messiah. Remember in Texas, we talked about how eight prophecies are the equivalent of filling the state of Texas two feet deep. How deep? Two feet deep with silver dollars, the entire state marking one of them, dropping you in wherever you want to go blindfold. You randomly grab one of those bazillion silver dollars. The odds of you grabbing the marked one on the very first shot, the odds of you grabbing are the odds of fulfilling eight messianic prophecies. Now, the Godhead's like, <laughs> that's pretty cool, but the world's bigger than Texas. Let's go like with the universe. I'll tell you what, let's put together 48 prophecies. So 48 messianic prophecies in all of this means that you take every electron in the known universe. That's 10 to the 157th power. Take every electron in the known universe, mark one of them, and throw it out there. Then you have the opportunity to go wherever you want in the known universe and grab one electron. By the way, one electron is one a thousand times smaller than the proton. These are so small. And you grab the first one, and the odds of grabbing the very first one are the odds of someone fulfilling 48 messianic prophecies. Can you see the Godhead? Like, yeah, that rocks. And they're like, you know what? Let's like, we're the Godhead. Let's like go over the top. So how many messianic prophecies did the Godhead decide to do? Remember? 324. All to be able to show, listen, friends, this Jesus Christ coming as a Savior, this isn't a joke. This isn't a crutch. This is a reality. We talked about the preparing. We talked about the presenting of the Messiah. It's not just, as I said, drop from the sky. No, 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 no. We're not going there. But it's like the God is like, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's pick two old people who are childless and sad by the fact that they're childless, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And let's have them birth the forerunner to the Messiah. Yeah, let's do that. And then let's grab this engaged couple, this young engaged couple from the land of Nazareth. Even the Jews viewed people from Nazareth as dogs. Let's grab the low of the low of the low, and they're engaged. There's been no sexual intimacy with them, and let's do a God thing and bring God to earth through a virgin born in a cave barn 
hey, the presentation fits the purpose. The first coming of Christ was in a cave barn. Why? Because the purpose was to go to the cross. The second coming of Christ, radically different. Now we're talking on the horse, coming down, woo! Because the whole purpose is very different. We talked about all of that. What's wrapped up in this gift? The power of God. We looked at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, it talked about the, the fact that he's the redeemer. He's the image. In other words, this isn't a man who's a good prophet, a good moral person. This is God in the flesh. We talked about how the text says he's the firstborn. It's not talking about birth order. It's talking about how he's exalted in rank over all of creation. And the one I love the most, he's the creator. This one just rocks me. He's the creator. This baby created everything. He didn't just show up. He had his hands in everything. Oh, I love that. He's the head of the church. He's the originator. All that power is wrapped up. And then we talked about, but it's not just all this power that's wrapped up in like this conquering mammoth man, God thing. Oh, he was so personal. Radically personal. We took a look at how the scriptures te- say that he had compassion on people. Yeah, there were people that he confronted, but the compassion for people. Talks about how he shed tears for people. Talks about how the scriptures tell us that he went to the cross. He gave himself up for. It's literally, he handed himself over in your place and in my place. We could say Christ didn't die. He gave his life over. He made redemption available to all, but he did not apply it to all. It's available. It's a gift. It's a radical, radical, radical gift. Eric reminded us out of Revelation, he's the conquering lion, the Passover lamb, the worthy one. Love it. Love it. And then last Sunday, Josh just brings it home. So cool. You know, we just said, hey, Josh, you're getting ready to plant a harvest in Bloomington. You're here for this month. We want for you to preach. And he preaches out of Colossians 1, verse 21 to 23, I think it was. And in there, he just talks about how just what we needed is so perfect fitting with the transition from uh, the radical uh, gift to the series we're going into. Talking about we all need reconciliation. We're all alienated, hostile, doing evil deeds. We need reconciling with God. And if we've driven the state in the ground with Christ, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, God has reconciled you. That's right, amen. Reconciled. But the proof is in the, and the pudding is, okay, let's get a running start at that one more time. The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding is, okay, if you weren't here last week, you need to get online and listen last week. To that. I just bring it all to this. It's all about the radical gift of the gospel. What a gift. That's where we've come. Now, I just want to take a couple here and talk to you about some gifts I got for Christmas. Because it's all about me. No, just kidding. I got this shirt for Christmas. I like this shirt. Uh, Karen got it for me it you know i don't have to tuck it in so as i'm getting fatter it's just kind of a little works a little better uh you know it matches my eyes at least that's what she says you know uh, you know all those kinds of, <laughs> i think he said maybe not but <laughs> you know I, I like this shirt i appreciate this shirt she got it on sale i appreciate that so she got like four others with it on sale i appreciate that and i really like this shirt i, I, I also for christmas i got some books I like books. I'm learning to be more and more of a reader. I'm not a reader by nature, but I'm working at it more. I like books. I really like the time to read books, too. Um, Here's two creative things I got for Christmas. I got some steaks for Christmas. Uh, You're all like, what? I got uh, Omaha steaks. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait till it gets a little bit warmer, grill those babies up, and just enjoy those together, and I got, if you've been wondering, I got this for Christmas. I love this. I love, there's a whole story behind it, but part of that story is that I, I'm, a, I'm a fidgeter. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's what I am. 
Uh, plus, with my past and designing uh, equipment and devices, I'm always intrigued by things. And when I sit, I'm just kind of with my hands or doing stuff. And, you know, I'm just kind of ADD showing in me and stuff. And, you know, I sit and I look. And by the way, how is it you can pull it that far and they don't break? That's just the way I'm wired. And, and I could just play. So Karen got this for me. And uh, isn't that cool? I love that. And uh, I got to put that down. <laughs> Listen, uh, point is, these, these gifts are great. I love gifts. Gifts are a nice thing. But that's a different kind of gift. That's a radical gift. And I really think we struggle with pulling together and comprehending the reality of the radical gift. In fact, uh, let's just take a couple more minutes. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, just highlighting this gift. And again, it's kind of like, what are we doing in the series? It's coming here. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's just be reminded of this gift. Verse 17, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, by the way, it's conditional. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? The gift's made available, not automatically applied to all, but it's there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a what? She is a what? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold. Behold means like perk your ears up. Behold. The new has come. The new has come. Uh, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Uh, here, talking about this gift, it says, this gift is all about a, making a new creation. Listen, uh, receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior, my Redeemer, bringing me back, reconciling me back with God in spite of my sin, but because of His grace and His work. Uh, it's not a temporary thing. It's not a temporary covering like a shirt. This is cute, matches my eyes, whatever. It's not that kind of a gift. It's not just a book kind of a gift. In other words, just some good information gift. It's not something I chew on and enjoy for a little bit of while and then it's temporary and it's gone. It's not a fun toy. It's not just a fun toy. Also, I'll add that it's also not a software update. It's not a trophy. It's not a golden ticket. It's not what it's just about. It's not just a picture. It's not just a plaque to place on my wall. Look what else I have that I can point to about me in my life. Listen, this gift is about a totally being recreated gift. Hey, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've been redeemed in Christ, you haven't just been updated. You've been completely rebooted. Made a new, a new creation. From God's perspective, completely new. Being rebooted by God with a whole new purpose means that I have a whole new purpose. I have a whole new capability. I have a whole new call. Do you know that? Or was coming to Christ just a go forward thing? Or just a me feel better about me thing? Or the let's just the golden ticket to get into heaven thing? Or just like a shirt, yeah, I got that. Or a trophy on my wall, yeah, I got that. I want to tell you folks, it's a whole completely bottom-to-top recreated thing. And look at the text, verse 18. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled to him, us to himself and gave us the ministry of, and I'm just going to go dot, dot, dot. Because with the whole new gift, 
comes the fact that God gave us something to do, a call. There is a call on your life, believer. Recreated one. You are under new ownership. And I just, for me, we can, for you, we can be to where we're so enthralled by the gift. God on the cross for my sin. Booyah. We can be so engrossed by that. How amazing is that? And we should. But we can also miss the fact that all of that means I've got a whole new purpose now. Sometimes God's call in our lives can be almost so confusing. I question, which phone's ringing? You know, I just say this sometimes is what church looks like. This is sometimes the way the, the, the body of Christ looks like. I'm doing this. You're doing that. That's my call. That's your call. That's everyone's call. That's supposed to be your call. That's my call. We're a church that's like this, 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 this. Don't you just sometimes just get tired of it? I just want to say there's power in simplicity. It's not this confusing. It's not. It's actually pretty simple. And we're going to start taking a look at what the call is. I'll just say this, reconciled one, your recreator has a clear call in your life. Do you know that? Do you know what it is? And I want to say this, if you think you know, like I think I know, (laughs) you may think you know, you may have no idea. Here's the deal. We're just going to do it together. And we're going to take a look. And over the coming months from now through Easter, we're going to start taking a look. What's the call in our lives? And we're just going to try and kind of reboot and re-ask and redig. What's the call? There is a call on your life by your Savior. Now, five ways we can respond to this. The phone's ringing. By the way, this is this phone ringing. <laughs> okay. The phone's ringing. Five things we can do. Okay, number one. We'll go ahead and hold it there, Andrea. Thank you. On there, at that point, we can do a couple things. We can look at this and not answer it. It's ringing. Well, part of the reason for that is it might be a bit like we're doing our own thing. It's kind of my older brother. I love my older brother, and Don was a reader. Don, when we were younger, would read, 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 read. And when Don would read, things would happen around him, and he had no idea that was going on. Phone would ring. Things would take place. Why? Because Don was in his own world reading. And it'd be like he could be right up to his face. It's like, Don, do you hear the phone? And he's like out somewhere in book world. Doing his own little world thing. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, I got the earbuds in. I'm jamming and I'm just... I'm just not hearing. I'm not at a place to where I'm actually able to hear what's going on. Uh, Sometimes it could be the thing where I'm literally, I'm just spiritually deaf. What ringing? We had a little while ago on a TV set where there was apparently a noise, a high screeching noise. All right, Karen, where it'd go. And Karen's like, Doug, do you hear that? And I'm like, no. What noise? It's like a dog call. I, I, I tell you what, I couldn't hear it. Oh, that sounded terrible. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Um, you know, but there's this noise going off. Uh, my wife and my kids could hear it, but I couldn't in that. And it's like, I'm just not tuned in with what's going on. So one, not hear it too. I, it could be ringing and I just say, let it go to voicemail. Let it go to voicemail. You know, you look on the caller ID and you look at it. Oh, okay. You look on it and it says the recreator's calling. I uh, got my own gig going. Really don't want to answer right now. Put it to voicemail. I don't have time right now. I don't have to hear it or I can put it to voicemail. Third, I can answer it. Give me a couple rings, Andrea, if you could. It just adds to the tense, doesn't it? It's ringing and I could come in and after the second ring, I answer it. And now, what do I do here? And when I answer it at this point in time, I could genuinely answer it here, but I don't understand what's going on. Like, what? 
be someone from a whole other world, a whole other place where I'm not understanding the language. And I genuinely want to understand, but I don't understand. Sometimes it's like trying to get computer help on the phone. I just want to try and understand you. I really, really do, but I can't. Or a fourth way is I, I answer it, I understand it, but I don't heed the call. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. I'm just doing my other gig. Or fifth, I can answer it and I can be like, really? Recreator? I'm in. I'm in. I just want to tell you, we're going to be in this series taking a look at uh, what's the call and where are you at. And I'm going to be dead dog serious through this process of this one. Because friends, I don't want to do church just to do church. I don't want to just be busy. I want for me, I want for us to be about the call. And so we're going to take weeks and some months here, and we're just going to scour the scriptures and savor in this time and come to find out the radical gift as a radical call. What does that look like? So three things I'm asking of you. I just want to ask of you that you would prepare your heart. Karen, would you come on up and you're going to pray for us here? Would you just prepare your heart as we go through this series? Just be praying that God would be doing a work in you. Second, I just want to pray that faithful attendance, that's, that's not a... That's not a critique. That's not what I'm angry about things. I'm just saying faithful attendance. So because all these are going to be fitting together. And it's the kind of thing to where for you, if it's Saturday night or Sunday morning, you're still figuring out if you want to come. I just want to encourage you. Just, just, just sink it in and just be here over this time because this is going to help you. It's going to help us. Faithful attendance. And third, I just want to ask that you'd come ready to hear. God, would you shape me? Would you shape us through this one? Karen, would you... Uh, pray for us here you got a mic there thank you in fact look can we do this can everybody just stand let's pray god uh, first we just thank you for the radical gift of your savior and for sending him Um, to die for us and to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And God, I I just have to pray if there's anyone here who does not um, understand that gift, who has not accepted that gift, who has not uh, surrendered uh, their life um, for that gift, God, I pray that they would not leave today without taking care of that. And then, God, we just... uh, come before you and and humbly ask that you would do a radical work in us that as we come to understand the radical call that you have on our lives because you are our savior and you are our lord god that you would um, help us to understand that to grasp that and to change and to accept that call and god as doug was speaking i was thinking about the song that says um unlock the deaf ears and open the blind eyes and God do that to us we confess that we um, answer many other calls than the most important one and so God do that work in our hearts do that work in our church life in our family um that we would accept that call, the most important call that we have. Lord, don't let it go to voicemail. Don't let us answer and not care. Lord, melt our hearts, open our eyes, and open our ears to hear and to heed your call. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. Well, the last two items, uh, go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, after being exercised over that one. I'm excited about this series, folks. I'm going to speed it up on these last two and uh, for time here. The third thing is the small groups. Just want to let you know small groups are getting going. Uh, we're getting started back up here. We've had uh, kind of December, January off. Uh, we value small groups highly here. And the reason that we value small groups is because we value discipleship. We value discipleship highly And we believe as a church, not just with small groups, but a church of small groups, that real life on life, side by side reality, it just, friends, it doesn't happen here. 
but it can happen in a small group. And so I want to invite you to to be a part of a small group. Let me just tell you a couple things about that. You've got some information in your update, the covenant form Josh had referred to. Um, We're going to be starting up the week after the Super Bowl. So now's the time to start getting signed up. Um, If you haven't been in a small group in the fall, you just need to fill that form out, drop it at the welcome table, drop it at the office, and let us know about your interest, and we'll go from there. Uh, We presently have small groups that meet on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and Thursday nights. And uh, you can on that form mark any of those nights that work best for you or or if all of them are possibilities. Our structure is that they meet three times and then they have a week off. Uh, So in a month, they meet for three times. So in the next four months, groups will be meeting 10 times. Now, something new we're going to be doing this year is we're going to be having small groups meet six times during the summer with that. Now, the series we're going to be doing right now coming up is, gee, fitting with everything going on, uh, is a book called Radical. Um, And uh, all of this is fitting together with a sermon series. I'm going to be doing this series called uh, A Radical Call. Then in the summer, I'm going to be going through the book of Philippians, Lord willing. All of this fitting for a common purpose, and it's kind of this, going vertical together. It's about going vertical, but it's about doing it together. Listen, God never intended you and I to grow alone. I'm getting into the series. Um, Going vertical together, okay? So I'd love for you to be a part of a small group. Uh, So we got radical. Then in the summer, we're going to be doing something that will really fit with the summer reality of a series called uh, Six Steps to Encouragement. It's a DVD series. There's basically, uh, you don't have to do the prep work before. It'll just fit well with the summer, kind of the every other week summer format that we're looking to do. So uh, please be encouraged to get signed up for that. If you have questions, let us know. Drop the form off at the welcome table or at the office. I do have two things I want to make mention here out of it. We had taken a survey, an evaluation survey, after our fall small groups. And uh, it was really, really helpful in a number of ways. We had three sections in that survey. One was kind of evaluating us as a small group, evaluating our small group facilitator, and also evaluating myself. Two pieces of information I want to share with you that I think will help us. Because we're learning and growing, right? But we are. I mean, we're learning and growing as a church. We're a young church, and we're learning and growing as individuals as well. So two things that will really help us. Number one, it was interesting in the area of attendance. I'll term it this way. Uh, attendance is directly tied to tightness. Attendance is directly tied to tightness. Um, in those small groups that I would view and I know are really tight, okay, where it's just really going on, Josh talked about meeting with a group, and that group is tight, I'm telling you. And in that kind of a group, those groups that are tight had the highest ratings of themselves in the area of attendance that meant that they were there it's hard to get tight with people that you're not able to meet with so attendance is huge so i really want to encourage you listen if you're thinking about a small group make attendance key uh if you're one that has a tendency to wait to her child care until the night before uh, commit yourself to plan ahead okay for that so attendance is one attendance is tied directly to tightness secondly it was in the area of everyone evaluating themselves and i appreciated that i so appreciate the honesty and the humility in evaluating it but here's what i'd let you know every small group every how many every small group evaluation which you have about 17 small groups every small group the area that was rated lowest in how many groups Every small group was in this area about self. It was, do, I, do you initiate relationships? Do you give of yourself to your small group? Do you encourage and serve your small group? That was the lowest rating. Now, if I was a grumpy old pastor, I could come into this right now and I could go, you know what? What told us is people have the mindset that they don't have to attend and they don't have to care. But I'm not a grumpy old pastor. I may be old. Um, And I don't think that's really what it's saying. Just as a church family, I think here's what it's saying. We have an area we work on. You really have an area to work on. And that's in, in other words, listen, coming to group isn't just about me. Uh, I just want to put it, let's just get it on the table. The part of the reason, a big part of the reason you go to small group is because you want to grow in Christ. 
right? Okay, so here's the deal. Going to small group means you're going to be growing in Christ. We okay good with that? Okay, that's what that means. Now, part of the thing is, is that part of our sins-bent selfishness ends up being in the thinking that small group's all about me. No, 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 we're going to be learning about the call. Love God, love others. So I want to put the challenge out here. I want to put the challenge that when you're thinking about small group, small group is not just about your growth because that is about your growth. But small group is about you growing with people and you engaging with them. Yeah, but we don't have the same hobby list. Yeah, but we don't do the same job. Can I just say this? I'm getting into the call series already. Who cares? There are people that God loves and in his sovereignty wants you to grow with them. Okay? Loving pastoral charge. Everybody happy? Sort of. All right. Last thing. Last thing. And we'll wrap it up. For 2011, advancing the ball. Um, We're not a church that's designed just to do more stuff. We're not a church that's like, hey, look at all the stuff we've got. You know, we're really cool. It's kind of sometimes churches, I don't mean this to be sound too bad, but sometimes churches just want to be too sexy for their shirt kind of a thing. And we want to be about effectiveness for the call. And so in this, as a church that we have, I want to let you know about a couple things that we're growing in and working on this year. One, you can see on the on the screen, the center of our target, our structure is all about weekend worship and small groups. That's the hardcore bread and butter of what we're about. And the four pillars and the three W's show themselves. Worship, walk, and work show themselves through that. The four pillars show themselves through that. But that's the center of who we are. And I'll tell you, in 10 years, that's the center of who we're going to be about in 10 years, of what we're going to be about in 10 years. But we're working on a couple areas around there to support that. Three, I just want to make mention that I'm really excited about us this year advancing. One, connecting events. Uh, this includes newcomers. We're going to be having more scheduled up with party with the pastors, but we're going to be doing something called like potluck with harvest for newer people who come and learn not just the pastors, but some other aspects of ministry as well as harvest essentials along with the connecting is just as a faith family, we're looking to plan one event a month. These are going to be things to where it's like we're looking to schedule out another bus trip up to big harvest uh, this year, uh, I think a month or two later because it snowed last time. Uh, we're even talking about the possibility of doing a bus trip down to the Creation Museum. We're taking a look at having a gym night. We're taking a look at having possibly a movie night. We're taking, none of this is for sure yet, but maybe a bowling night. We're talking about even a, a couple times part of this has to do with places of prayer where people from Brownsburg can go somewhere and just get together and pray as an event. Wouldn't that be a cool event? Okay, so we're doing some connecting events and working in that area. Secondly, beyond our walls ministry, uh, we're, we're a church that's purposely kind of walking before we run. And, and in this area, I'm just so grateful for what's happened. Uh, God's just blessed us with the opportunity to be able to minister, especially in Romania. We've had over, I think, over 50 people go over to Romania the last two years. I mean, a three-year-old church doing that and helping is so many cool things. This year, uh, while we're still uh, providing some financial support for Harvest Georg in Romania, uh, two trips, or actually two different areas, four trips we're looking at. One is we're considering right now getting on the calendar, and you'll be hearing about is two trips going to Saint Harvest St. Vincent Island. Does that sound cool? I'm on that one. Okay. <laughs> But Harvest St. Vincent Island, uh, the second one, uh, one will probably be in the summer. One will probably be more towards September, October. The second one is sounding like it's going to be oriented towards men's ministry there because of some of the needs that they have in bringing some men over to do some ministry with men. Uh, so two trips to St. Vincent Island. The other is, is we're probably going to be sending at the end of February uh, a few individuals down to Haiti with churches helping churches to do an evaluation. What they're doing is trying to connect churches with a church there. So in, es- in essence, the evaluation team would go uh, talk to a church that Harvest thinks we would fit really well with, do an evaluation there, and then we're considering trying to have two trips to Haiti this year as well with that church so that we would be able to minister and help that church in uh, whatever capacity they need. So some cool beyond our walls coming. And one of the great things is these are all the kinds of things that are probably going to be like $750, uh, $900 trips rather than a couple thousand. 
Third, and we'll wrap it up here, discipleship training, a real heartbeat of mine. Um, We want to be a church that raises disciples, that raise disciples. Let me say that one more time. We want to be a church that raises disciples, that raise disciples. So if we're going to do that, part of what we're now doing is looking at uh, two things. One, we're going to looking at having three conferences this year. Ladies, in the update, talks about the women's conference coming up. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Friday night, Saturday, uh, with that, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's a way to connect. It's a way to grow the whole thing. Secondly, we're looking at having, in fact, we already have a range for Dave and Betsy Corny, Corning from Chicago to come down, going to be doing a parenting conference in mid-April. Um, here we're going to be having. Third, I'm presently talking with Pure Life Ministries. I was looking to have a men's conference and uh, talking with Pure Life Ministries about coming up and doing a conference for us. I've known of them for years now, but it's actually going to probably turn into both available to guys and to ladies. They have a lady who's going to likely be coming and doing some workshop for women as well. And uh, so we're going to be doing three cool conferences this year. I'm really excited about just discipleship kind of conferences. And then the other areas we're going to be doing once a month discipleship training, and whether it's in the library, whether it's in uh, school or whatever, going to be uh, working once a month to where you can come and we're going to be talking about areas like how do we handle fear? How do we handle worry? How how do we handle anger? How, How do I handle uh, areas that we commonly struggle with. Uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, on a, probably Tuesday evenings and making you know more about that. Those are four things coming up. And I just appreciate your patience kind of as a church faith family to sit and hear and uh, get some idea what's coming. And next week we are starting in our new series, Radical Call. And I'm jazzed. All right. So Nick's going to come close us out. Let me pray. God, I want to thank you for our time together just to talk about some faith family things. Some things where uh, we just need to cover and kind of get the roadmap uh, laid out and aware and understanding. Father, I would ask that this year would be a tremendous year. I have no idea what you're going to do in the area of facility, but you do. You got it all figured out. I just pray that we've prayed from the beginning that it would be a growing time. I pray that it would be a God-showing-yourself time. And Lord, we do pray for a place. We would love to be able to expand and be able to have the opportunity to have increasing impact in the areas around and people around. Lord, I pray for us just in this series, and this series with a radical call as well as looking after that, studying the book of Philippians. God, may this be a step-up time for us, a time where we just get increased clarity in the simplicity of what you've called us to do and to be about. And Lord, I thank you for our small groups. We have so many that are so faithful and you've done a work in them. Just like Josh said with the group he's able to meet with last night and Rachel were able to hear the stories of how you've been working in a group of individuals that have... uh, especially with that group, really committed themselves to be together and to to one another. God, may we be a place where we just don't talk, but we do and be. Lord, I pray your hand of blessing this year that the things that we do would be strategic and purposed that they would fit the call that you have on us as individuals, us as a church. That you'd be glorified. That we'd grow. And disciples would be raised in radical ways for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.